11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57, 35, 35 tie. The kick is good, and Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. Welcome to the Rice Scale. This week, Rashi Rice, three receptions, 29 yards and a touchdown, averaging 9.7 yards per reception. A good performance, but not majorly going to light the world on fire. It's kind of a boiled rice performance. So this week on the Rashi Rice Scale, Rashi Rice is boiled rice. Hello and welcome to another Arrowheads Broad podcast. Uh, you've got myself, Neil, here. Uh, I'm joined this week by Chris. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. And I've got Tomo with me. Tomo, how are you, man? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. Uh, we we just opened with a new segue there, the rice scale, which is since in it's in honor of Tomo's um, draft love, let's call him, um, yeah, Rushy Rice. Tomo, do you just want to give us a quick spiel about your rice scale? Yeah, I put a lot of effort into that. Um, <laughs> definitely wasn't following the job. Um, I reckon we just rate him on a week-by-week basis based on types of rice. And then not only can we discuss his performance, we can discuss my rating of rice. So okay. what we'll do every week, I'll do one of them, rate his performance, and then we'll just scale the rices. And at the end of the season, we'll have a rice scale. So that's my plan. So as a benchmark, as I quickly scroll through and try and find him, he had five targets, three receptions, 29 yards, a long oh, of 25, and a touchdown. And that, that warranted boiled rice. Yeah, because I think you can't really go wrong with boiled rice. Put it with anything. Um, it's not going to be the main It's not going to be the main course. It's not, it's not going to be the main thing that you eat. You know, you ain't going to get by on how, how many yards? 30 yards, huh? You get by on thirty uh, yards. Twenty-nine, yeah, twenty-nine. Yeah, it's not going to win a game, but it's also not going to lose you a game. So, not going to ruin a meal, not going to make a meal, is it? But it's there. So that, that's where that's, we got to with board rice. That's pretty fair to me. Uh, so we're going to try and keep this as a weekly thing. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so in that contribution that Rishi Rice made, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this to be honest, but the Chiefs managed to lose to the Lions. Um was it twenty one twenty, I think, off the top of my head? I really should yeah. look that up. Yeah, twenty one twenty, yeah. Chiefs didn't um, lose to the Lions. Chiefs Chiefs lost to the Chiefs. Chiefs lost to the, yeah, Chiefs lost to the Chiefs. That's probably mm. a fair I mean everything went the Lions way. Mm-hmm. Is that, that fair happened. to say? Tomo, is that fair to say? Not in a like not in a like, oh oh everything went their way. That was you know, it was unfair or whatever like that. Like they didn't do anything wrong, and you know they they took advantage of of us not being up to the standard that we've come to expect. Is what I'd say. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, Chris, have you got any thoughts on why we just came out and shut the bed in week one? <laughs> shut the bed. Okay. Well. I mean, uh... <laughs> We gifted them again. Yeah. Dread to think what the Bills and Bengals bed looked like after this weekend. <laughs> well, a massacre. Terminal diarrhea. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my dysentery. Uh, I would say, I mean, for me, let's not forget that the, you know, the, the Lions were one of the, kind of, they were top five offense last year. So they're not a bad side. No, they're really not a bad side. And we have lost to Jared Goff before, unfortunately, in a very high scoring game. Um, but, I think it was just, we looked a bit kind of, I don't know, lethargic. So we come out of training camp and not firing on all cylinders. I don't know whether there was a little bit of kind of, uh, a little bit of the whole, we're going to beat them anyway. Let's kind of, you know, we don't need to be kind of firing on all cylinders. I certainly hope not, but, and I wouldn't think as professionals they would do that, but they just didn't seem to be sharp. It just, it seemed to be a little bit of a lethargic performance, I think, from the, uh, from the from the offense, uh, um, more so from the, the wide receiver group. But I think Patrick Mahomes looked absolutely fine. He looked like vintage Patrick Mahomes. But I think you know, when it comes to the 
the secondary, I think the secondary played pretty well. Um, defensive line wasn't really very good, and I think you could tell we missed Chris Jones. I think that might have gone into the heads of the defensive line a little bit. Um, but we just looked a bit disjointed, and it looked as though we just were a bit, like I say, lethargic. Didn't really kind of fire on all cylinders. And to be honest, with the Chiefs, you're going to have a target on your back. Everybody brings their aim against the Chiefs, and you know we've got to bring our A game every single week because they do. And we just didn't. We kind of brought our C plus game, I guess. So just for me, that was the the summary. That was exactly where I was about to head with that, funnily enough, because you are going to get every team's best shot, and it just felt like we forgot that. And yeah, like there, there was too much about oh, let's forget about uh, Nate Taylor on. Well, it's not times hours now. It is only weird games now. Was talking about this. It's like they they were so focused on putting last year behind them, and let's not think about the fact that we won the Super Bowl last year. Let's think about this as this season. But to the Lions, they were playing the Super Bowl champions. And that was like their measuring stick of where are we against Super Bowl? You know, if we bring our best game, how do we measure up? And the answer was reasonably well. Um, yeah. I, I, have but, a few, I have a few thoughts on that, though, Neil. I, I think if you, if, you, if you said to me on uh, well, Thursday night before the game, the Lions offense is going to score 14 points. I was like, scenes one and OC in week two. Yeah. Now, We'll get on to Kadarius Tony and, and the other wide receivers, I'm sure. But <laughs> you, you've, you've got to look at it and say they, they held them to 14 points and then everything had to go wrong for the Chiefs to to end up in a situation where we score 20 and we don't win the game. Like on the Two days before the game, having prepped for the game for what's probably months right, you lose your main weapon. Now that's difficult because within two days where one of them's going to be a rest day before the game, you've got to try and implement a new game plan, which is difficult. Um yeah. I'll say I'll say my Kadarius Tony thoughts when we get to him, but it it's almost unlucky what happened for the Chiefs. You haven't got your best defensive player on the defensive side of the ball, you haven't got your best offensive player outside of Pat Mahomes. I, just the perfect storm, really. And to be honest, for this up-and-coming team to only score 14 points on offence on another day, on most other days, right, they don't get that pick six. So 14 points the Chiefs would have won, you know. So it's a perfect storm. It's unfortunate, but luckily it's only week one, isn't it? Oh, I mean, that that's it. It's, I, tw- I was doing the live tweets and I was like, at the end of the game, don't overreact. I know this is Twitter I was on, but don't overreact. It's one of 17. Like, mm. we needed a lot to go wrong to lose that game. Mm. And there's not going to be many times a season where that many things go wrong. Um, and like, like you just said, Tomo, if we keep teams to 14 points on offense each week... Without Chris Jones. Without Chris Jones, we're not mm-hmm. losing many games. So... And it but could I, look I, worse, I, right? Like, Bills and Bengals this week, man. I'd much rather be the Chiefs this week than what we just saw from them guys. God, yeah. You know, and and yeah. and no matter what you say about the Bills and Bengals and people got hot takes and all these different things, but uh, they're, the, they're the proven commodity. And until a team knocks them off as the second and third best teams in the AFC, they're still the benchmark. And they've got a lot more problems than we have. So... It's almost made me feel better having seen the rest of this weekend because everyone had offensive problems. Yeah. I think it was a league-wide wide thing for the most part. So Sunday was a really low scoring yeah. day. Yeah, definitely. It was low quality, yeah, to was. be honest. Well, we were talking know, about that actually, in WhatsApp groups. That it was just... Yeah. Like, you, you've waited six months, seven months, whatever it's been since the Super Bowl to watch, like, proper NFL football, not just the preseason like fourths mm. against fourths or whatever. But you wait seven months yeah. for the real stuff to come around and then you go, Jesus Christ, this is fucking awful. Mm. Like, what have they been doing for the last three months in training camp or however long they've been in training camp? It's just, it was just real. There were a lot of really sloppy, poor games. And that's why you wonder why teams don't play that. I know they're worried about injuries and that, but it does make you wonder why teams don't try and get more reps for their starters. Like all I've heard this week is, Oh, the offensive line haven't had enough bullets, you know, on on, on a national level. Um, nobody stopped them from playing the preseason. 
Yeah. So that's your own fault, really, if your offensive line isn't up to speed because they haven't had enough practice sessions in pads. Well, you had three preseason games, which you didn't play them in. So, you know. And what I'll caveat that with as well is, you know, you protect your starters and things, but tell that to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's a fair Set point. Your starters, four snaps in, anything can happen. Your season's mm, yeah. done. That's it. So do you know what? It's sometimes worth taking the risk. I think I'm not. I'm not saying play every single game, play them all snaps, that kind of thing. But maybe more than just a drive, or more than just a, a quarter or something. I mean, I, I still, even so, I, you should be firing on all cylinders. I mean, you've you've still you've gone through training camp. I mean, you're not going up against some kind of like some kind of college kids who don't know what they're doing you're going up against your defense who you've got to expect are actually a damn good defense that they're going to actually put your offense under pressure in training camp and things like that as well yes there's all you know the age-old adage that, that there's no such thing as match fitness so to speak but and you're on that game experience but you shouldn't be looking lethargic like i think we did but i think we probably did shit the bed a little bit in the fact that kelsey was injured and thought hang on a second they probably game planned for him being a big factor in the offense and losing him just before that you know for as good as i think he is and as much as i like him it's not the same with noah gray replacing him you know so and i think defensively i think they the lions have probably seen the fact that chris jones wasn't there and well also travis kelsey wasn't there and they thought you know what if ever we've had a shot now is it and they've literally brought their a plus game and we just didn't have an answer for it but we were i say we didn't have an answer for it we were close and i really wasn't impressed with the lions if i'm honest i like if that's their best yeah, shot, mate, work, yeah. that, that isn't very good. I think they're a reasonable think, side. I, I don't yeah, think, I think they're a good side from them at all. I, was, I wasn't impressed, to be honest. Well, 14, better than us. <laughs> 14 points on offence against a team without two of their three best players. I, I really wasn't... I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't see... I know missing Jameson Williams, right, so you could say that about them, but I, I wasn't seeing that top whatever it was offence. I didn't... But are you discrediting potentially the Chiefs' DBs there? I mean, the defensive line wasn't great. Maybe, but... Actually, maybe, I think but, the DBs played well. Maybe, but 14 points against, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't majorly impressed. I, I don't know. I mean, it, would you put that down to the Lions not being great or our defence playing really well then? Where would you lie in that somewhere? Probably a bit of both, right? Like, I think you've got to... I, it's really hard to tell in week one because you've got nothing else to go on. We don't know if the offence is amazing. The Chiefs did a really good job. It's week one. I've mm. got no idea. But I thought the, I thought the defence looked a lot better than I thought it was going to. So I'll go 60-40 and give them the credit. But I yeah. also don't think the Lions did anything that crazy. I was like, wow, bye, either. I think the thing with the Lions is, like, the NFC just isn't particularly strong anyway. So they're they're probably an above-average nfc side but mm. if if they were in the afc they wouldn't be making the playoffs like the, there's oh, yeah. easily easily seven better teams than them in the afc yeah. but that are they one of the top four or five nfc teams possibly so yeah well this is the thing i might sound really salty and say oh i didn't think the lines were that impressive or whatever but gen- genuinely think that the chiefs lost to themselves i mean they did because if 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 we catch a ball and don't drop a ball, I mean, you can say, oh, we don't do yeah. this, you don't do that. You can play that game forever, right? But that, I think everyone agrees that inter- that that interception went for a pick six should be caught, right? And then that's yeah. that's seven points off the board, and they've shown no other real like it, it wasn't like they were potent on offense. That if you'd have put it, Pat Mahomes would have been better, right? Going, ah, forget the other downs, we're just going to punt this ball rather than for a pick six, and we probably win the game. Yeah, I, mean? I agree. If I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that's why I'm not mate. That's why I can't be like, oh, the Lions definitely won this game because I don't feel like they did. So let's talk wide receivers then. Um, Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony, like okay. he had 16 plays. So I've got a different. I'm I'm going to probably be a lot different to what most people think about Kadarius Tony. Okay, go. I think he was a shambles, right? Which is probably linear with everybody else. And I think yep. he'll tell you he wasn't good enough. Fair enough. But I feel really sorry for Gary's Tony. He had absolutely no camp. And I think if it wasn't for the Travis Kelsey injury, they wouldn't have kept seven wide receivers active. I don't know if he'd have been the one to miss out, but he wouldn't have had a, kind of such a heavy role 
um, I prefer the situation where he plays and makes a mistake than the Chris Jones situation where he's sat in a box watching, not helping his teammates. With Kelsey Down, he stepped up and tried to play, having had no camp whatsoever. I think more blame should be going to another person, which we'll get on to, but I'm not going to move on. <laughs> there is Tony thing. I'll get there, don't get me wrong. But I, I'd know who, he, I know who that is. I'd rather he be out there trying, having had no camp, than somebody sitting out. So I'm sure we'll get to Chris Jones as well, but that's my perspective on it. It's, he knows he's been bad, right? But we shouldn't kill the guy. He's only been in the offense for like half a season. And then he had no camp. He came in halfway through the season, did what he could. And then he's got an injury. Like, I get that he's always injured. You can kill him on that, whatever. But he tried to get out there for his team. And I don't think he was ready. That, that oh, would yeah. explain. Yeah, that would explain a lot of what went on. I agree, but um, what I think should happen, I think the some of the blame, or if not a lot of the blame, should go down to Andy Reid and the fact that he's had no camp. He, I was looking at the metrics, or some of the metrics before, right, and they, we're looking at the um, how many routes were run by certain people and how many times they were targeted. In terms of the ratio for routes run to targets, Darius Tony was the top of all of them. There was 11 routes run, five targets. Where, for do example, you know why that was? More, because he kept getting fucking open. He was yeah. the only one who was open. Well, yeah, I get that. But by the same token, you know, it's something that you can't then, if he's had no camp, don't be throwing him in at the deep end straight away. You know, you've got other weapons that, yeah, all right, you've got them open. You've got them, you've got people, not necessarily open, sorry, but you've got people you can target. And they weren't necessarily bringing the ball in. I get that. Everybody in the receiving room was had a poor game, to be honest. Um, but well, bar Rashi Rice. Um, but for me, it was just, I think, if he's had no camp, don't throw him in at the deep end. You know, I think it just it seemed a bit a of choice, a, a strange decision. Uh, it's just, it, I don't know, I think, it, it tells me that you don't have faith in the other guys around and that you actually do see him as a wide receiver one, which if fit and fully healthy, yeah, he's got the ability to do that but I think they were throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks because nothing was working like they they seemed pretty locked up and then I think unfortunately like Pat's going to go to the people that he trusts and um, might have been misplaced in week one but it's hard isn't it I I know what you mean I I get where you're coming from and you got a new offensive coordinator and all these different things play a factor some of the some of the snap counts are baffling to me um as well but uh, you know it's a tough one so when yeah, you think about that. Let, let's talk about the baffling snap counts in tomo because mm-hmm. i i think we both agree on the most baffling thing here mm-hmm. and we talked about this before the season started during training camp time and i think we're in agreement that neither of us particularly rate Sky Moore. No. And he had he had something like, and I can quickly look at it, like 46 43 snaps. 43 snaps. Mm-hmm. And he was targeted three times mm-hmm. and had no receptions for no yards. So this right. is where, so this is where, for me, I don't want to say a lot of the blame goes because, I mean, he did nothing, so he's done nothing wrong, I guess. Um, <laughs> but he hasn't done anything right either. Like, others needed to step up. Kadarius uh, Tony, right? He needs to take some blame. He wasn't good enough. He knows that. He'll tell you that himself. But others did need to step up. And this, I heard a lot this offseason about Sky Moore. This was going to be his season. He's actually been in the system yeah. longer than Kadarius Tony. And we act like he's yeah, still learning cool. the system. This is season two. He's had a whole offseason to prepare. He looked awful. He looked out of position. He didn't catch the ball when it came his way. And he played in the preseason as well. So for me, there was no excuse for that. Like, he's supposed to be taking a step this season, and I didn't see it, and I'm not sure what he does well. Well, that is precisely the point I made during the off-season, and it's mm-hmm. one which Thursday night just emphasised for me, is that yeah. I, I don't see what he excels at. Like, he's 
he's okay at a lot of things, but being okay at things in the NFL isn't good enough. Yeah. And like, uh, it was on one of the WhatsApp groups and there was cheddar as, oh, well, he, he can catch. Well, fucking good. He's a wide receiver. He'd better be able to catch. He, mm. he gets good releases. <laughs> and Andy Reid can scheme me open. So I'm not particularly bothered mm. about him being a good releaser. But, like, he's he's not fast, straight line fast. So he's not got MVS kind of straight line speed. He's not twitchy fast. So he's not quick in and out of his breaks, kind of Tyreek Hill style. Uh, he's not big. He's not particularly strong and i, this, I just this is a thing that boff baggle boff baffle or bobbles <laughs> about about his bottles, yeah. though, is that he's played 68 69 of the snaps so that kind of suggests to me that he was in on rundowns as well i can't see him being the both the best blocker in the world in the run game either like it's not like you put in mvs out there who's a big body you might be able to rag someone around if the runs go in his direction like you can't see Skymore doing that either. So I don't know what he's contributed at all. Well, and like he, not, he didn't go after the best He contributed a jet sweep it's... for a couple of yards. But it, even then, like, because I, I, I commented on that on the Twitter thing, and I was like, I can't believe Andy's still got that in the playbook because it didn't work at all last season. Nah. Like, he, he's just not mm. quick enough to do it. Like, so don't, ah, don't, don't, don't give it to him. I don't know about the not quickly. The guy's got four four one speed, but he, he doesn't play. Four, four, one, he doesn't play fast. In I, short. I, I, I know what you mean. Like I know what you mean. Like game speed. Yeah, in short. Yeah. exactly. I know what you mean. When the pads are on, that kind of thing. It's as though it weighs him down completely, and he's losing. Like he's gone from four four one in shorts, like a, a four six in pads and everything, or something like that. But I mean, they. I don't know. I mean, like, I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily think he's great i don't think he's something i mean i didn't have a second round grade on him you know and actually i had a kind of late third round grade on him but he is somebody that clearly they've seen something in this off season that they like and you know i don't know if it's going to work or not but you know to come to his defense a little bit you know it's just it's week one you know it's notorious that in the first season with andy reed in a new system uh learn the offense and the playbook it's very tough, and generally people say judged on their kind of like their, their second season, you know, the sophomore season, so yeah. to speak. So if we're looking at that, it's literally it, it's the first week of his sophomore season where they say judging. So I don't think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver, but you know, let's see what he does in week two before we actually it's... kind of like give him that death thing. But one thing I would say is that another, um, you know, I was on, you know, I don't know whether people know Thunder Dan, but I was on his show the other night and. Um, he was trying, but he's not a fan of Sky at all. And he's actually, he's a guy who said he would have traded him. <laughs> but I, th- I said, look, you're not trading a second round wide receiver after one season, but he really does not like him at all. But, you know, you've got to give him a little bit of something to work with. Give mm-hmm. It's just week one. Let's see what happens from now on. But yeah, he didn't look good at all in the first just... game. And it looked mm-hmm. nothing like what the Chiefs were saying in preseason. I just didn't see him. I, I just, you'd like to see him get open or be targeted yeah. more, but the fact that he weren't really targeted on that many snaps suggests he wasn't ever open because it, I, I get MVS being on the field that much and not being targeted because he's running deep routes, right? And maybe one bangs, maybe it doesn't, but you're stretching the field, but he should yeah. be working underneath. Speed. He should be getting open on them routes and, and, and he wasn't. And, I don't know. I don't want to kill. I, I I don't want to kill the guy because I've done this with Mikhail, where he did my head in, and and Clyde, who, by the way, I have no idea what he's seen in that building or has on anybody. How he's starting <laughs> again? He's got something over somebody in that building, but uh, you know, I don't oh, want to kill the guy. Yeah, I'm I'm I, I am with you there because uh, it's week one, and I guess everyone gets a pass because. Travis Kelsey wasn't there to draw double coverage and whatever, but I wanted to see yeah. more. And uh, it was more of the same, unfortunately. So if I set I an over under just... at 500 yards for the season for Sky Moore, no, which is which is double what he got last year. No, I think he's getting 300, mate, Max. Yeah, well, it would put him at the what... fifth. It would put him at the fifth pass catcher from last season. 
just can't see that's it. That's the thing, though. I was talking about this as well, though. That's the, that's the thing now. We've, we've kept seven receivers. You've got Kelsey to add to that, so you're talking potentially eight receivers. The amount of targets to go around, it's not like you're not talking like a Tyreek Hill in a journal model where you've got like the, the most of your, the vast majority of your targets going to those two guys. It's going to be spread around to a lot of different people. So I think it's going to be tough for anybody to get like, apart from Kelsey, like a, a thousand yards because he gets much more in, in terms of targets than anybody else. But like, the rest there's a, of them, there's a wide receiver, it's going to be spread around quite a lot. There's a hundred targets from Juju last season, 101 targets going True. spare. And you can't imagine Harden's Kelsey's going to get uh, Kelsey's not going to get 150 targets again. You wouldn't think, um, mm, just no. because. Well, for starters, he's missed a week, but yeah. he's got. A, they're going to have to manage his workload more and more because yeah, he's just getting older. Yeah. Like, um, I, yeah, it's just a fact. I, I, so I think there as well. I can't see a route to his success. Is the problem with with the Sky Moore thing? Like I'm gonna get accused of being a massive homer, but he he's the he's the immediate he's the immediate addition that you can you can make a comparison to, right? Or even, okay, you can even go to Richie James. I can see a route to Richie James being effective in the offense. Like Richie James is this year's McCall Hardman. Yeah, which is fine. Like I can see a route to him being successful. Whereas Sky Moore's tried that and it didn't work for him. Rashi Rice has come in. He only had five targets, three catches. He's a big guy and he looks like he's going to do something. I can see how he's going to fit in. But with Sky, I just can't, I just can't see his role right now. Like, I, I I'm see, nodding my head profusely here because this can is see exactly a route how to, I Yeah, think. I can just see a route to success. for not, not even necessarily major success, but I can see a route to how it's going to look. But with Sky Moore, I just can't quite put my yeah. finger on what his role is and and hopefully i'm wrong next week and hope he goes for 100 yards and looks great if if you take mccall last year yeah. as i know you weren't a fan of him tomo but mm-hmm. as i i would he was effective say, in that role though and he finally found he, his he role. had a skill set you could make use of i yeah. don't and see what sweeps that kind of yeah exactly yeah there, there were things yeah. you could do which he did gotcha well. guy yeah exactly and there is a role in the offense for a player like that mm-hmm. But I don't see what Sky Moore's role is, and what mm. how how would you how you use him most effectively? Um, because like with Clyde, we haven't used him effectively. We've screwed him over. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it was something of a waste of a draft pick because they've never played to his strengths. They they ask yeah. him to do things he's just not good at, and mm. then you wonder why he's not good at them. Like. It's it's yeah. it's not rocket science. Don't set him but up with, to fail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly what they've done with Clyde. But I'm looking at Sky Moore and I'm thinking, like, where where is his role in the offense? Like, what what is he going I've to got bring a take to on the that. table? Go on. Yep. I think what looking at it's only week one, but looking at week one, the way he was used, I think for me, and actually looking at where the a lot of the receivers were used. I don't think we really helped ourselves in terms of I, I, they move them around so much in terms of alignment, and I don't really want to see that. You know, it's actually looking at Sky Moore as an example. He played, you know, 15 snaps. He was in the slot. 15 slaps. He was uh, slaps. Snaps. He was lined, <laughs> lined up out wide. One. He was lined up in line as a tight end. It's just I, I don't want to see that. You know, the same with the likes of Justin Watson and MVS. You know, again. Well, six, no, thirty-one percent of just Watson snaps were in the slot, sixty-eight um, percent out wide. Just stick with what you know that they're good mm. at and where the skill set lies. You have an X receiver, you have a Z receiver, and you've got somebody to play in the slot. Don't keep moving them around all over the place. Let them perfect mm. where they actually play. I don't so like of, to see of that. So, but... of the X, Z, and slot, where do you think Sky Moore fits? None of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. He's yeah, not so an X. He's not twitching quick enough as a Z. And as a slot, he's not got that kind of twitch. Like, you know, to me, I was a big advocate of Tank Dell in the last draft. He, he's well, your yeah. t- typical. He's your typical slot receiver. You know, good luck to any slot cornerback trying to cover him because he's absolutely elusive. He's just he's there one minute, he's gone the next. You know, that's not Sky Moore. So I don't know 
where you're going to play him. But whatever his strengths are, wherever you think he fits best out of Z, uh, Z X and slot, which I think is probably going to be more so slot out of all of them, but still not good enough. You've got to develop that, I guess. And so what do you, you think? Know, you don't have to be the quickest. Chris? What do you think his skills well, are? Well, I think he came out of the draft. He's got the biggest hands of any receiver that was in the draft when we actually drafted him. You know, he's got big mitts where there's no way he shouldn't be dropping balls coming his way. You know, whether it's concentration drops, I don't know whether he's looking up field and, and thinking once I've, cut, once I've catched this ball, I've caught, so catched, once I've caught this ball, where am I going next? Who's around me? That kind of thing. I don't know if it's a concentration thing or not. But I think, you know, he has got, I mean, you can't deny that 4-4-1 speed. It's not going to then all of a sudden mean it's 4-7 speed or 4-6 speed. He should be relatively quick still, you know. He's actually, his release package isn't that bad. It's all right. But he's actually a good route runner. You know, that's something that came out of the, 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 the you know, the... the, the in college, though, Michigan. I haven't seen any of this in the NFL. It, it, it is, exactly. And that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know whether we're not using him to... Mm, his, it hasn't uh, his full potential. Well, and I think seen, yeah. in, that's it. In terms of, the, the, you know, if you've got somebody like that who can run good routes, you know, stick him in the slot. Do something like that and stick with him there. Don't give him half his time out wide, half mm. in the slot and, and a snapping line. What the hell is that all about? Develop what you think he's good at and then go from there. If he's not good enough after, you know, a season, two seasons, and you think, you know what, we've just overdrafted this guy, then by all means get shot. But I think you've got to try and cater to people's strengths mm. a little bit more than maybe we are at the moment. But that's just my take. I mean, I, 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 I do think you have to cover everything and just say, look, Travis Kelsey wasn't there. I think they were throwing things at a wall and seeing what stuck because it's it, yeah, yeah. unfortunately you say Andy's so good off a of bye. He's got these and he and this is like week one. He's had so long to prepare. But if you then take his all of his notes and rip them up two days before the game with one practice, there's only so only so much you can do, and you're gonna have to adapt to that. And you know, it's easy to overreact in week one and. That's why I'm reluctant to overreact on Kadarius Tony and more so on Sky Moore, just because I've got a bigger sample size. But let's see what happens in week two. And let's put it this way, you're a better wide receiver on the sidelines than in the game because a few more performances like that and you are going to get calls for Rashi Rice, Justin Justin Ross. You're going to want to see... People are going to want to see these guys, man. There's a lot of hype about it and... Yeah. People are going to want to see them. If if the other guys aren't performing, you've got the guys on the roster. They're going to want to. People are going to want to see them. I know I do. I want to see more from Ross. I want to see more than yeah. more from Rice. So if they don't cut it, you know, he needs to. They need to say to them like, if you ain't got it, we'll play someone else, man. Because we've got we've got seven or whatever it's wide receivers. Especially if Use especially if you're keeping seven on the roster, then yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, if you ain't doing it. Yeah, they do there's someone else on the roster. The hot hands, yeah. But, but there is a but with that. I think, like going back to what we were saying before, there's the we're just, you know, we're fans, you know, we're rabid fans. Clearly, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have seen something in training camp. It's not the same as in the game. They've seen something in him that they've said, look, we're excited to see the leap he's going to make, and actually, he's uh, he's impressed us. It didn't show up in week one. Absolutely not. It was absolutely probably the worst. You could have had one of the worst you could have actually uh, you could have seen from him. But, you know, they've seen something. They're the professionals. They know what they're talking about. I'm hoping to God that we're completely wrong about him and that he yeah. shows us all and mm-hmm. you know, kind of makes us eat our words. But at the minute from that first performance, just it was a terrible way to start, despite what they said. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want us to miss on draft picks. But I also don't want us to use a person this is something duncan will always say like once the players on the roster i don't care where they were drafted like if you've got a a high round player who isn't performing and you've got like pacheco last year pacheco seven round pick clyde isn't performing get pacheco in the lineup he performs grand keep him in there it doesn't matter that he was the seventh round and clyde was the first same applies to wide receivers if you've got a second round wide receiver it doesn't matter that he was drafted in the second round if you've got um, an undrafted free agent in Justin Ross, and you're going to give him a chance if the second rounder isn't performing. And if he performs well, then he stays in the lineup and screw the second rounder. You've wasted mm-hmm. a pick, so be it. That's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 
it, it was a frustrating watch on offense. Um, but hey, we move on to week two. Mm. And lovely segue. We, <laughs> thank, thank you. And I was going to mm. then add, we move on with Chris Jones, who signed a a strange one year deal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to to potentially make back some of the fines that he's lost, um, mm. I, I think he got some awful advice. Yeah, from from his um, representation, didn't go well. It did not. It did not go to plan at all. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right, Chris. Uh, Chris has just put in the chat there something, <laughs> and he's absolutely right. Um, yeah, I mean, he he got terrible advice. Mm. There were some yeah. really bad decisions made, but he's here now, and he is our best defensive player. He is one of the top yeah. ten players in the league, according to the players themselves. Mm. Um, True. I I don't even know if I want to talk about his his deal. To be honest, he's signed. No, it. He's here for the season. Yeah, let's talk about Jacksonville. I didn't think, just really quick, I didn't think there was a way that I was going to be very happy with however this turned out. I don't think it was handled very well. I don't know. It sounds like the Chiefs were kind of just sat there just going, oh, you're just being unreasonable. So, like a week ago, I, I didn't think I'd end up in a place where I was okay with it. But they had to get him on the field and because trading wasn't really an option. And his like, kind of holdout hasn't really accomplished anything. I don't know what it means for the future, but they've got him on the field. We haven't been held to ransom. I just hope it gives us the upper hand in whatever they choose to do next with him, whether that's tag him, pay him in the off season, but they had to get him on the field and they've done it. And that's pretty much the main thing. I don't agree with what he's done. I don't like what he's done, but he's there now. And when you're on one, you know, he's got to be there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, um, when you're own one, you just need him back. Like, even yep. though defense played well against, I thought they played well against the Lions. Yeah, me too. But it just helps. Mm. DBs did defensive line. Hmm. Yeah, I think I go on to that. Yeah, I, I, I think if you if you start zero two, you're in the mud. So to get to get your best defensive players on the technical issue there. Um, but we're back now, Tomo. You were saying. I don't know what I was saying. He basically just needed <laughs> he basically just needed to be on the field, right? And you can't afford to go yes. 0 and two. So get him on the field and they've managed to do it. And that's that's no that's no thing to me. No Super Bowl winners have gone 0 and two in the past, I think it was sixteen years, mm. I heard. Um it is a rare occurrence. Well this isn't this is gonna be tricky, I think. I think this is yes. gonna be a tricky game. I just I think it's worked out well for the Chiefs. I'm not actually on an on like kind of a preview thing. It wouldn't surprise me if Kelsey doesn't actually play. Like I'm slightly suspicious that really, I'm slightly suspicious it's not as good as people think. I think they're making the Jags prepare for Kelsey being there, and I think if he is, I think he will be there in some capacity. But I don't think he's going to play nearly as many snaps as as you'd like Travis Kelsey to be playing. But just the morale this week of having Kelsey and Jones back in the building has got to be massive for both sides of the ball. Um, and the Jags have got to prepare for both of them now in whatever capacity they play. It's 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 basically wild to say in week two, and it's eased a bit by the Bills and Bengals losing, but it's basically like a must-win game for us because you can't afford to go 0-2. Uh, I mean... <sighs> You go in two, it's it's a long road back. I mean, it's not that they can't do it, but the Jags actually look half look decent forward, as well. So, I mean, good side. They are, they are good and they look decent. I mean, it's only the Colts, but we don't know what the Colts are either. I, I so. wasn't I wasn't wildly impressed against the Colts, to be honest with you. Like, I there, thought at times there were they aspects, good, and then yeah, I agree. yeah, there were aspects of the game where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they look feisty here, but there were also fairly significant chunks where i went meh like the, mm. the i mean they won 31 21 but that scoreline wasn't necessarily a fair reflection of the game like the colts were in the game and the colts aren't expected to be in many games this year like the colts aren't um are, are by no means they look a good better side. than i thought they were going to look to be fair the colts 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, I think my one big takeaway from the Jags was Calvin Ridley. Yeah, that's what I agree. Um, 101 yards looked, after a year off. Yeah, he, he I mean, really good man. My tenor on him to get comeback player of the year, I was very happy to watch a 100 yard game <laughs> to open the season. Um, yeah. He looked a legit wide receiver one. Chase could have had him, yeah. you know. You can't deny uh, pass though, can you? That's the thing. And he is that. That's the thing. Like he is a, a he is a genuine number one wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. I'd like, like to have he, him on our. If roster, he was on the Chiefs, yeah. If he was on our roster, he would be wide receiver one without a doubt, and he would be. It does make oh, you wonder yeah. though, doesn't it? Like we had as much chance as I'd have thought anyone would have had to get him. But could we afford him? I mean, that's always the question: is could we afford him? Yeah, I guess so. But I am just looking at what the I'm just looking at what the situation is now. But they, he, he's he's going to be a threat. But like you say, the DBs played relatively well in in week one. So you know, every team's good to an extent in the NFL, right? Everyone's got everyone's yes. got got decent. There's players, no easy so, games. There's no yeah. Easy it's, you're going to have to game plan for somebody. So it's no different. Um, it's just a difficult game, um, especially when you're 0-1 and there's a bit of pressure there. And um, Yeah, I, I'm expecting quite a tight game here. I, I really do hope that we can come out victors, um, but I think it's going to be tough. We're three and a half point favourites, which surprised me a little, because usually home field advantages were three points. So that's the bookies are saying we're six and a half points better than the Jags. <laughs> On a neutral um, shot, sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not mm. sure I would buy into that. I think it's going to be tight. I, I really do. I, I'm guessing they're seeing that we've got Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey back, and then you expect us to to come in and bulldoze teams, and I really hope we do. Um, but yeah, you don't know what CJ is going to look like. You don't know what, well, how healthy Travis Kelsey is. I, I would just put Chris Jones mm-hmm. in a third down and say, you know, you've got... 15 snaps today and they're all going to be third downs. Mm. Go rush the passer, do your thing. Yeah. No. And don't don't worry about first and second down. We're, we'll Give take him less care chance. of the rest of that. <laughs> Give him less chance to get those incentives. Andre Corburn, <laughs> yeah. Stick a, big, stick a big nose tackle in on first and second down. Well, Keandre Corburn had a, an okay game last week. Like He made a couple of plays in the run game. We go, okay, I can I see you there, man. Like mm. he, he did all right for, um, what was he, sixth rounder we picked him with, I think? Um, yeah, I, I, I was quietly, um, quietly pleased with him. Uh, mm-hmm. What about Felix? Um, we haven't talked about Felix from last week. Like he looked, um, yeah, Coburn was seventeenth pick of the sixth round. Um, Felix looked like a, he's got promise. Um, so we can ask for week one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he made yeah. a couple of plays. Um, yeah. had a couple of quarterback hurries. Yeah. Had one hit. Um. Couple of plays in the run game. Ball hairs width away from actually creating a safety as well. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, because um, <laughs> he's got through that one away. So didn't he? close. Yep. So yeah, he had a promising start. Couple of pressures, two pressures, two hits. Yeah. So, Man, yeah I take that. <laughs> Very Absolutely, good yeah. week one performance in the NFL debut. Yeah. Do we do we feel we still That's need a Carlos Dunlap veteran? Edge rusher there. I'm always forgetting an edge, uh, a veteran pass rusher. To be honest, knows the system. I'd I'd still be interested in Carlston that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I would too. I don't see why we don't bring him back for another year. It wouldn't cost us a lot of money, and to be honest, did a damn good job last year. You know, even if it yeah. doesn't, you know, you're not sacking somebody. At least I mean, the amount of, I think it was joint joint leader of batted passes with about eight with Carl Aftis. I think the mm-hmm. two of them are one and two in the NFL for batted passes. Yeah. So you know, it's it's. I just it would be a no-brainer for me, but what are we? It wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if that gets sorted out now. Chris Jones is back on the roster. Hopefully that's that's something they can do. I can't imagine he can play that well and then just be sat there on his couch. Very oh, strange, strange to me. Uh, I'd have thought someone would take a gamble on him and maybe he's just waiting out on the Chiefs and he knows maybe they've told him, you know, once he's sorted, you back. I don't know. Hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Um Chris, we were going to get you to look at um, rookies on the Jags. Um, kind of, who are the 
who are the players to look out for who are probably less well known than Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley? Well, this is more a case of like the, I mean, for my thing, it's a, I'm a, a big fan of college football and, you know, a big fan of the draft and, you know, the scouting of the, uh, you know, the, the guys coming out of college. So looking at the opposition rookies, um, you know, there was a couple of contenders looking at, you know, the, the tight end Brenton Strange out of Penn State was one of them that was a, a possibility. Um, Anton Harrison, you know, the, uh, the, the left tackle, who had quite a decent game in the first game. Um, but I couldn't go anywhere other than Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. I think Duncan would lynch me if I didn't go with Tank, Big, uh, Tank Bigsby. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, he made no secret of his love for him. Uh, so I think it has to be him. So it was a th- like third round selection out of Auburn. Um, you know, the Chiefs D line for me, they struggled at times to contain the run last week against the Lions. Um, there was only one player actually graded above 65 in run defense. And that actually, going back to it, was Felix, albeit it was only on five snaps. But, you know, he did a solid enough job. But there were too many missed tackles. We had nine overall missed tackles last week. And, you know, the Lions, they found the end zone, uh, run the ball because of that. David Montgomery looked particularly useful. Um, but, you know, Bigsby is going to be second in the pecking order of snaps behind Travis Etienne, obviously. But he's dangerous. He's got good vision. Um, he's powerful, he's shifty, and he's also handy in the receiving game as well, but he didn't have the greatest game last week. So I think you know, he tipped a pass for an interception, a bit like Kadarius Tony did. He got caught napping as well. You probably remember the play where you know he had the ball knocked from his hands and was it his DeForest Buckner? <laughs> just that was a, and, such a strange play, was that one? He, he, <laughs> yeah, he just he stopped. He just stopped. It was like you play at the whistle, any sport, play at the whistle. And he didn't, yeah. he just stopped and froze. To Forrest Buckner, he was knocked out of his hands, he picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. So he had a pretty a pretty bad week, but he did score a touchdown himself, you know, give <laughs> a bit of confidence. But as everybody knows, an animal's at its most dangerous when it's wounded. So for me, Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby that, that's the guy to uh, that's the guy to watch this week. He's my offensive opposition rookie of the week. So very good. Um, let's see how he gets on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tomo, should we do scores? Um, have you got it? I think. Oh, actually, before we do, I'll, I'll go with my bet of the week because we're going to have a look at my bet of the week. Mm. Um. I do not like us as three and a half point favourites. I think this is going to be a real close game, and I can see it coming down to like a whoever's got the ball last kicking a field goal kind of thing to win it. Um, I I would take the Jags plus three and a half. I still think we can win the game, but if we do, I think it's going to be bloody close. Um, so Jags three and a half is my bet of the week. Um, let's go around the predictions board here. Tomo. I go Chiefs 24, Jags 21. Okay, you sit within my realm there. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, Chris? <laughs> I completely disagree with both of you. Okay. I think that it's going to be, you know, a wounded Chiefs team. I think they're going to look at the, the fact that last week they just were not Byron and all cylinders. I think they're going to be coming out all bones blazing this week. And I think that uh, despite how good the offense is of the Jags, I think it's going to be 35 17 to the Chiefs. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I would take yeah. that in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we all would, but you know, optimistic. How, how many yards is Sky Moore getting? <laughs> Three. 248. <laughs> I'll take the under on that. I'll take the under on that. Yeah, I would as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a prediction. Um, Ever the optimist. Yes, predictions. That's what we like. Um, I I think the offense will be better this week because I don't think they can do that much worse, and I think there will be a focus um, that was sorely lacking last week. 
So I think we'll score points, but their offense is no joke, and I think they'll score points too. So I've got a reasonably high-scoring game in mind. I'm going to go something like 31-30 or something in that region um, mm. to the Chiefs. Um, and I'd even go as far as, say, like a Harrison Bucker kicking a 55-yard game-winning field goal as time expires, just to be really specific <laughs> there. Um but yeah, I don't see us dropping the passes that we dropped last week. And if we don't do that, then we do put up more points. But mm. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley and Travis Etienne, that's a nice trio. That really is. And um, mm. yeah. I, I think they'll be, a f- they're, they'll be able to put up points even with Chris Jones back. I, I don't see Chris Jones playing that much. Like I can't see him playing a full game. Um, no. In which case they will have opportunities to um, to put up points as well. So yeah, thirty-one thirty, I think I'll go with. Nice. Okay. Um. Right. Anything either of you want to add to this before we get out of here? Oh. No. Nope. Shake of the head. <laughs> from don't go zero and two. Don't go zero and two. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I I have to put a title for these podcasts each week and my title before we even started talking was Owen oh, two is bad. Uh, uh, so, uh, although it's not as bad when it's a 17 week season as it was when it was a 16 week season, that is that yeah. little bit extra, but I, I still fancy us as like a 13, 14 win team. Um, but the margin for um, mistakes is a little bit smaller than it was. Um, right, we're at a six o'clock kickoff on Sky. I will plug our <sighs> Liverpool. Oh, Tomo just head in hands. Oh God, six o'clock in the evening on Sunday. Oh, uh, Sky, that's the problem. Okay, it's my least favorite kickoff time because the kids are still up and I'm cooking dinner and yeah, trying to get to watch it is a challenge. Um, but I'll see about getting it feels most like of it. prime homework time, six o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah, when you have kids you'll find out about that. Uh we are having a <laughs> meetup this week in Liverpool, uh which is being arranged by Phil. Um and if I quickly go into a profile because I need to know the name of the pub, it is the Long it's Shot the long Bar, bar in Liverpool. The Long Shot the bar, long shot bar. Um it is somewhere down on the docks. Uh, so Albert if Dock. anyone, yeah, Albert Dock, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, if anyone is thinking of heading along, I do know of like four or five who've already said they're going, and the more we can get there, the better. Um, so if you'd like to watch a game with like-minded fans, uh, head along to the Long Shot Bar. Uh, you can fire us off a DM, and we can give you contact details for people who are organising, and um, you can arrange to meet up with them if you need to find them although um they'll be the ones in the chief's jersey so it should be fairly easy to see them <laughs> i think phil has a willie gay jersey i remember that much from dublin so um he, he's easy to spot he'll be the only person with gay on the back of his jersey in in liverpool i'm fairly certain <laughs> of that um right let's get out of here um chris thanks for your time man appreciate it as always cheers guys thank you and Tom out. Thanks as always, man. Much appreciated. Our Sky Moore loving this week. <laughs> Go Sky. Um, right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, any feedback you can give us, much appreciated. Um, any reviews and such, that would be very helpful as well. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And for now, this is from one game to the other. Have, have a good weekend. <laughs>